paid for it sometimes by running ahead when he didn't say, go yet, but wait. The deal with this instruction, which is a fascinating one, is wait for the gift. What's the gift? All set. What's the gift? You use it. Holy Spirit coming on them powerfully is the gift the Father promises. The reason for saying it is, I believe that was a crucial part of this transition. 40, 40 is a very significant number in Scripture. I, I look this up to impress you, but you know what? 40 is mentioned 146 times in the New and Old Testaments altogether. As I was staggered by that. Probably the most prominent number is 40. How many of you can remember one situation of 40 in the, in the Bible? Just shout. Yep. 40 days in the desert? Another one? 40 years in the desert? That's a long one. Another one? 40 days... With the spies. Wow, that's a good one, Bill. Thank you. Any other ones? We can go on. Forty days, Moses. Moses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forty, forty, forty. And we could go on. Forty days of Elijah. What did he do? In forty days? Yes, he did. Didn't he fast for forty days? Oh, goodness me. Okay. One day's not bad, is it? All right. Um, why am I saying that? 40 stands, and this is important, I want to just express this, 40 stands for a transformation necessary to complete a transition before you go into a new era. Can I say it again? It sounded really good, but I'm not sure I got it. Yeah, Bill, go on. And Noah. Is there 146 times, Bill? <laughs> Got it. You see, he's, he's away now. He's got them all rolling. <laughs> you always tell people when you say that, they go, they go down all these bunny trails exploring. <laughs> but listen, if 40 days is significant, it's always about a transition time where he wants to change me profoundly in my heart until I'm completely ready for what he actually wants to do. Does that make sense? It's a transition time. It often involves me changing so I can embrace what he wants to do. Uh, I was saying to him, where's Matthew I talked to just now? A guy called Matthew. I talked to him just now. That's right. I just talked to Matthew just now. And as we were talking, I was realizing, oh my goodness, it's 40 years ago that my wife and her, I, my wife and me, heard promises in this city that have not yet been fulfilled, but I actually believe they're brewing now in this city to be fulfilled. I may be wrong, I don't know. But I like to anticipate that. None of you are old enough to even think that way, are you? But anyway, uh, trust me, I, I heard even recently someone said to me the other day, I remember so-and-so prophesying in this city. They're about my age. And I thought, there it is again. I remember that meeting where that man of God prophesied about this city. I wouldn't say what the promises were now, but you know what? I think there's something significant about 40, that somewhere in the economy of God, without being exact, a time comes and he says, transition's over, now I'm going to loose the fulfillment of what I promised. Jesus began to do and teach, but he promised incredible things would happen for those who followed him. These signs will accompany you. 
And then you had the transition where he kept popping in and out. And then he said, now wait until the promise of my father. I want to just highlight this because I'd like to pray in a minute. I don't believe anything he's put in our hearts, any dream, any calling, any gift, any longing, any initiative, I don't believe anything from heaven is possible by us naturally. Wow. You, you, do you? If God puts something in my heart and I say, yeah, easy peasy that one, I can do that one, I've completely separated myself from the one who wants to empower me to do it and I'm going to make a flop. That's why Jesus said, I, you know, the son can only do what he sees the father doing. He can't do anything on his own. It's so provoking those things, aren't they? But do you understand? I actually believe I desperately need the power of the Holy Spirit to be who he's made me and do what he's called me to do. I desperately need. In fact, the longer you go on, the weaker you feel. How many of you have found that? Anybody else on my club? Seriously, seriously. The longer you go on, you think, for goodness sake, did I ever think when I was this confident young man that you know, I could kind of crack it and God can show up if he wants to, but we'll work it well terrible what's the deal with this instruction the deal is guys what's coming is so enormous you are going to need to be absolutely filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit to be able to do it and he says wait and the times I've gone ahead and thought yeah I got it I'm stoked I'm you know let's go are a little bit embarrassing when I look back but I'm trying to learn to wait even though there's a promise to say, Father, in your time, but will you release the power of your Holy Spirit? And then, of course, we are, it's not my job tonight. I only get the first five verses, but we could say this. The third stage, of course, is this incredible outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which happens as Jesus ascends to the Father, and the Father says, it's now. I, do you know, by the way, I love, I love the fact that receiving the Holy Spirit is a gift from your dad to you that he loves to do more than I can ever imagine he loves to do. And any sense in me, as soon as we start talking about receiving the Holy Spirit, any sense that I have to somehow do a little bit better to really receive the Holy Spirit, just get my ducks in a row a bit more, just... Try, but any sense of that actually is offensive to the Father who said this is a gift. I actually want to give you my Holy Spirit. It's a bit of a relief, isn't it? I love Galatians 3. Did you, you know, Paul said, you, you, you know, forgive me, I can't remember his language, but he's saying something like, you nutters. What's the language, Tim? You foolish Galatians. <laughs> Isn't he? Do you remember? He said, what has got into your heads? Did you ever receive the Spirit by observing the law? It's like, what has got into you? Didn't you get it? This is a gift of your Father to you that he loves to empower you with his Holy Spirit so that you can go. And yet every now and then, especially when we sometimes pray for people to be filled with the Spirit, and they, they kind of frown again, as though I've really got to get my act together to receive the Holy Spirit. I can imagine the father saying, would you shut up? You know, he wouldn't, you know, but do you, do you, would you stop it? This is my gift to you. I love to empower you 
with everything you need to go. It's a gift. The Holy Spirit, miracles, the power of God is a gift to his children and no amount of effort on my part will ever, ever get me nearer to receiving it. Few. So we all go, ah, because I wanted to pray for the Holy Spirit tonight. Why? I'll tell you why. Because, is this making sense at all? We've got, I've got to say yes, haven't you? Because otherwise I'll go on. So you've got three stages. You've got the beginnings where Jesus began to do and to teach and promise. Incredible things are coming. You've got his suffering, which starts the transition of 40 days, where he works in the hearts of the disciples to convince them and teach them. And then he says, now I'm going now. And as soon as he goes, they're in the upper room, Holy Spirit falls, and then the whole kingdom of heaven is loose through his people. And we could say it starts what I would call an apostolic age that's been dear to the Father's heart. Jesus did it. He taught them about it. He transitioned them. He paid for it all at the cross. And then he left saying, now go. And many of us in the um, last few years, I guess, and some of us have shared it, have had this sense as though there's been quite a transition for God's people being going on over these past years, whether you felt it or not, I don't know, but the kind of sense of change all the time and nothing's quite as it used to be and, you know, normal church life seems to be kind of a bit boring. No, a bit, um, I'm sorry, you know, whatever. As though the Holy Spirit is wooing us, will you let me change your hearts enough because I plan to pour out my spirit to release an apostolic era, which simply means this. It means all the treasure in this room, he loves to loose it out of your hearts, let you go with it, send you, you know, whatever words you want to use. Um, apostolic is simply sentness, isn't it? That's all it is, being sent by the Father to invade some situation and bring a bit of heaven into that situation so it changes it. And Jesus began to do and to teach. And it's a funny thing, there are tensions. Like, I don't want to be a doer for the sake of doing. I've done all that, and I've stopped doing the doing. But then I realize there's another doing which is altogether different than that kind of doing. That's the doing where you try harder and harder to make sure he's pleased with you. And he says, please stop. I love you. But over here is a treasure inside, a dream, a calling, which he put in there. And an apostolic age is when we learn to recognize the treasure in each other, what he's put in each other, and we kind of cheer it out of each other, and we say, go, be released to go, and affect every zone you live in. Go. Oh, but by the way, don't forget, you still belong to a community of his people, because you never want to lose family, do you? In the going. You always want to keep family. So this thing of an apostolic community, apostolic era, I reckon the last years have been a preparation towards some signal from heaven that God does want to release his people to go all over the place with an anointing of the Holy Spirit where they actually get to do things that they're made for. Which is kind of exciting, isn't it? I look at somebody in the room here and I always ask the same questions. I'm sorry, I always do. 
Who is it I met? I've forgotten your name. Don't say it. Well, it's gone anyway, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Tell me your name. Yeah. Mandy? Maddie. I'm sorry. But, you know, I like asking people, what's your dream? What are you dreaming of? What's your longing? And I'm sorry, I'm not going to say what it was because it's your business. But I love it when people start saying, well, I really feel this. And I really... And I, in my heart, I go, we, we did it, haven't we, a bit? And in my heart, I always, always think, wow. Especially with those under 30 because they're not so messed up. And, and you know, and I, I, I just listen. Simon, where's Simon? Simon, you know, I think I listen to young men and women think, go on, go on. Simon, be, be a mouthpiece of heaven for those who are crushed and oppressed. I'm not saying it so you go do that. God bless you. I'm just trying to appreciate. I'm going on. But there is incredible treasure stored up amongst his people. And the atmosphere in this church is beautiful because I can feel it. You all want to release one another. Go but keep community and family still. So, all of that to say, I think we're kind of probably being prepared for an apostolic season, which will be different to what you might call a previous type of gathering season, where we kind of just gathered, you know, gathered. But in this room, how many in this room? I don't know how many. In this room, from the oldest to the youngest, the Father's committed to see the dream in your heart absolutely released. So how many of you want to jump in and ask for more fire of the Holy Spirit? Anybody here? Wow. Well, I do, don't you? And you think, well, I don't know, what do you mean? Well, I just mean, Holy Spirit, please, we really would like you, not just in a one-off quick, but we want to just tell you, Holy Spirit, we're prepared to wait, but we do want you to so empower us as men and women in this room that actually as you give the signal from heaven... We're amazed at what you do through one another in this community. And I honestly with you, I could be honest, I don't have a clue outside the Holy Spirit how to do it. I'm a lost bunny if I don't feel that anointed power of the Holy Spirit resting on my life. I, I, so that was why I wanted to say, would you like to jump in and ask him for more? More. And would you like to remember when you do that you have a father who is an absolute joy to say, of course, I just wanted you to ask. It's a gift. It's a real gift to every one of us. So that's a, an attempt to rumble around Acts 1. But you've got an exciting journey ahead in Acts because, of course, I've just done the bit where Luke circles a review of what happened, what's just happened, and now what's broken out. What do you reckon this place will be like in five years from now? Mm. Full of life. Community life. Not just church life. Come on, Debbie. You know, go on. Full of different ministries from the Lord. Come on, just talk a bit. We're family, aren't we? Don't look like this is an exam question. I want us to know what you feel. Huh? Full of love. Come on. A bigger expression of revival. Anybody else? Go on. Uh, 
spread out, planting, spread out. <gasps> Don't touch this. No, look, listen. The kingdom of heaven is going to be coming. I honestly believe, when I say the next five years, I may be wrong, but I, I'm a pretty passionate dreamer. I believe we won't recognize within five years what he's done amongst us if we say, here I am, Jesus, send me. Here I am, Lord. Whatever it is. It means you have to go to Venezuela. It's all right. Relax. It just means whatever he wants, you're just saying, Jesus, I'm up for it. I don't want life as normal. Debbie, may the prophetic spirit that rests upon your life stir and awaken you so much in these days that when you speak, you bring a bit of heaven on earth because you're pointing to something that's dear to his heart. It's a really important deal. It's a prophetic kind of spirit on you that you kind of I want you to talk and declare because I believe you're helping to begin to awaken a sense of what God really wants. That's just what I believe. Anything else you want to say? I think there will be, I think there will be people from this place in other countries around the world. Um and other parts of our own nation. I think that the kingdom will go with us as we move out. Very good. I'm sure there's others who could articulate a bit, but should we ask the Holy Spirit? Go on. I'm sorry. Um, I think there'll be people from this church in other places, other countries around the world, and other places in our own nation. I don't think... Um, the life that Debbie talked about is for Whitcomb or Bath only. I think it's going to be drawn out into other corners of the UK and the world. Anybody else bursting to say something before we pray? Particularly if you're under 25. But yes, go on. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Shout. Raising and sending out. Wow. All right, you okay? Should we stand up? We always do it at the end of a meeting, don't we? Just stand up. Ah. Hmm. Let's just welcome the Holy Spirit. And are we okay for a few minutes, Mary? Is that all right? Yeah, okay. All right. I, I, I tell you what was in my heart. And I, you know, I don't want to, there's no whoop up here. I believe the Lord wants to stir you. But I just felt to invite those of you who want to jump in and say, I'd like fire on my heart. I'd like the Holy Spirit to just, you know, sometimes I feel like a bit of a dead dodo some days. Do you ever feel like that? A little bit like, oh my goodness, I'm crawling uphill. And in other days I find the Holy Spirit's going, whoa, and I think, oh my goodness, it's all worth it. Yeah, I'm on, Lord. Here I am. Send me and all that. I think it's okay. But I think sometimes just to say, Lord, here I am. I love fire on my heart to live this dream you put inside me. And in a minute, if any of you want that, we could just pray for you and ask the Lord to come and visit you. Do you want to say something, Valley? This is my friend Valley who's uh, popped in with me. 
about this morning. I was um, uh, reading a scripture about Jesus actually being in the temple, and he came and turned the tables around, and he said, my house shall be a house of prayer. And uh, I started praying about the church, because many times we have the feeling like the church has become like the temple. And uh, many times we have things to sell, but we don't have what, what Jesus had. And uh, Paul was talking uh, today about what is about to come, and it's something that is about to come, and we have to be ready. And it's like if you, uh, if you play sports and you want to compete, you have to pay a price. You have to go to training every day. You have to be careful what you're eating, what time you go to bed, what time you wake up, and so on. And it's the same with the spirit, with, with what God is about to do. And there is a scripture that it says that the new wine, you cannot put it in the old wineskins. And one day, um, a few weeks ago, I was in a meeting, and I, Sarah, you were there, and uh, the Holy Spirit was telling me, uh, just listen to what this woman has to say, because she's under the spirit. And I know you spoke, and you were talking about, actually, about the new wine, and the new wine skin, and and the Holy Spirit started telling me, you know, I am adamant. I am not going to do it unless you get rid of your old wine skin. Because this is so important for his kingdom that he, he will not pour out his Holy Spirit unless we have the new wine skin. Because it's not a waste. It's not going to be a waste. So the Father is calling us to a place where we surrender all. And we say to the Holy Spirit, here I am. If you read the Amplified Bible, uh, many times they say they were filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit. They were not controlling the Holy Spirit. It was the other way around. And, 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 and the Father wants to take us to a place where we become one with him in such a way that we, we will just be controlled by him. And I'm not talking about manipulation. I'm talking about our heart desire to see his kingdom come down. Because we were made for earth, not for heaven. We were made to dominate, to have dominion over the earth. And that's his heart desire. That's why for 40 days he was talking about the kingdom of God to his disciples. And I want to encourage you to go into that place where you surrender all, where you give it all and say, Father, here I am. Holy Spirit, here I am. I really want you to come and live in me. And it's just like, very last thing, just like that uh, prostitute that came to Jesus and, and poured her oil to his feet. You know, and many people are talking about how, how expensive was that oil, that perfume. But it's not about the price. She was making a declaration. With that perfume, she used to attract men. And she said, actually, I'm going to give it all. I'm not going to attract Jesus now because all I want is Jesus. I don't want to continue with my business. I want Jesus. So actually she was making a declaration that's past and his present and future. So why don't we just worship him and I'm going to make an invitation which, please, I'm not really worried about who does what. It's between you and the Lord. But if, if as we worship, 
You want to come and just stand out the front here and say, here I am, Lord. I love fire on my heart. And we're just going to bless that and pray a little bit for you and whatever and see what the Lord wants to do. But it's about a hunger of heart. Not I ought to do that. And you have a father who, trusts me, he gets great pleasure out of giving his gift to his children. So Holy Spirit, we genuinely welcome you here. Father, please release something of your empowering heart for us that causes us to feel a confidence deep inside to give you our all and to go when you want us to go. I pray for this community, Father, that there will be a transformation of the community where according to what Mary said, it will even affect nations. Not because we're looking to be big, but we love you to be known for who you are. So we welcome you. Let's worship him. And you want to come and stand out the front here. And just, it's not necessarily just for prayer, but just to kind of like a, here I am, Lord. I want fire in my heart. Come on out when you're ready.